The following podcast is a Dear Media production. She's a lifestyle blogger extraordinaire. Fantastic. And he's a serial entrepreneur. A very smart cookie. And now Lauren Everts and Michael Bostick are bringing you along for the ride. Get ready for some major realness. Welcome to the Skinny Confidential, him and her. Aha! Happy Friday. It is just me today. No, Michael. And we are doing an Ask Me Anything. I asked you guys on Instagram what questions you wanted to know. And it's so nice to do this on a podcast as opposed to Instagram story because I feel like I can give you every last bit of specific on the podcast, whereas you can only write so much on Instagram story or you can only talk for so much on Instagram story. I like the longer form content for stuff like this. So I will be doing a lot of Ask Me Anythings. And I just hope that these episodes bring you so much value. The first question that I got that I think is super relevant to anyone, anywhere, unless you live in like the Bahamas, is advice on seasonal depression because this winter is hitting hard. Seasonal depression, I think, I feel like it affects so many people and they don't even know that they're feeling low because of the weather. I notice in Austin, the weather is so bipolar. One second, it will be so sunny. And the next second, it is like gloomy out. And I have these practices that I do every day to not let the weather dictate how I'm going to run my day. It's so easy to wake up if it's raining and be like, fuck, I just want to lay in bed. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't want to get up. I don't want to do anything. I have made a commitment to myself that I go for a walk every single morning, rain or shine. Today, my son was sick. He normally goes with me. And so I just like put on my big puffer coat and took a walk by myself. Typically, I do go with my son. I'll put him in a stroller and take a walk. But sometimes it's raining so hard and I will still get outside and walk. And This whole idea sort of came from Andrew Huberman. He came on the podcast and he said, one of the most important things that you can do in the morning is to get outside. So many of us wake up and reach for our phone. I have completely eliminated the phone from my narrative every morning. Like it's not even a thing. I don't have this habit of reaching for it. I've taken it out of the equation. If I am reaching for it, it's to put on music or to put on a podcast or meditation. And that is it. I have made a clear boundary around it. And I honestly think it has changed my life. So to get outside and walk and that be like the first sort of light that I get as opposed to staring at my phone has been life changing. If you are experiencing seasonal depression and the first thing that you do is you wake up and you scroll your phone, that is the first thing that I would eliminate out of your life. So that's my like first advice. It's so important. I actually think it's like the most important. If we're baking a cake, it's like the main cake. You don't look at your phone. Get outside. When I get outside, I just will walk for a minute and then I'll put on a meditation. There's this one by Melissa Wood Health and it's a walking meditation. It's 16 minutes and it's called like to energize your day. And I love listening to it. Whether I'm walking at towns or I'm walking by myself, it just sets the tone of the day and being outside and being in the sunlight or even if it's in the rain, just getting outside, even if it's gloomy, 
it does something to my hormones. I can physically feel it. Like it hurts now if I were to wake up and look at the phone. I know that sounds so crazy, but I think that I'm so sensitive to my nervous system since moving to Austin that if I were to wake up, roll over and scroll through my phone, it would physically hurt my body. I crave getting outside. And like I said, even if it is raining so hard, I'll put a coat on and bring an umbrella. So I think that's the first thing if you have seasonal depression is to really look at how you woke up. Like ask yourself that. How did I wake up today? If you woke up and you're just inside staring at blue light, watching TV, your kids are watching cartoons in the background, that's not going to make you feel great. And like I try to give this vibe to my whole family. Like I really don't want my kids waking up to cartoons. It's just I don't think it's good for their hormone health. And there's been a lot of studies on getting exposed to sunlight first thing. Another thing that you can do is you can get a happy light. I actually went to Finland and it was fucking dark like the whole day. It's wild times. And I bought a happy light off Amazon. And I think that that really did help. So if you're somewhere where it's like Seattle, where it tends to run on the gloomy side, I think a happy light is key. And then any second that you can get outside, put your feet in the sand, on the grass, it's just so good for you and it's so rejuvenating. And then I would also look at how much you're on a screen. I think so many of us are so addicted to our screens, our computers, our phones, even when you don't know you're looking at a screen. Like like what I said about cartoons. If you're in the kitchen making your kids lunch and there's cartoons in the background, like that screen, if you can just get it out of your face as much as possible, I think is really important. And the next question that I would ask you if you have seasonal depression or you're not feeling really good or you're feeling fatigued is how do you wind down? And again, this is taking years to get to. I am not perfect when it comes to this, but I have nailed it at this point in my life. Thank God. And that is detaching from the phone. Like the show is over. That's what I tell Michael when I put my mouth tape on. It's like the show's over. Like the curtains are closed. It's over. And when it's over, the phone goes on airplane mode. I actually read a study about how it's better to have your phone on airplane mode than off. So the phone goes on airplane mode. It goes in the other room Sometimes I don't even charge my phone. I'm just like, let the thing die and like put it in the other room. I don't want it near me. And there's things that go on for me to wind down. I'll put on this little like white noise situation that I have that does like chimes. I have a hatch, which is how I wake up. Hatch has a meditation on it. It turns your room red light. We got rid of all of our light bulbs in our room which has been amazing because our room is either filled with natural light or it's filled with red light. There's no in-between. And I think that is super helpful. And then it's like Kindle, but it's on dark mode. It's on like four brightness. And it's just training your nervous system to wind down and taking it a step further. If I was living somewhere that had gloomy weather, I would do this too. And I do this in my house. In all of our bathrooms, there's a salt rock nightlight. And that is how we get around in the bathrooms at night. So it's very zen. It's like everything is relaxing the nervous system because it's time to wind down. And then there's one thing else I would do, and I would do this wherever you are, but mainly if you live somewhere like Finland or Seattle, is red light therapy. Red light therapy is known to boost immunity, mood, energy. It's rejuvenating. There's a great one that we have by Juve. It's like a long 
one that you stand butt naked in front of. <laughs> Michael and I will like stand naked in front of it and do breath work. I mean, you can get really creative with it. You can meditate in front of it. Dr. Dennis Gross has a red light mask that I use in the morning when I meditate. And that's another really great way to get those happy hormones. But what I do want to say is that I notice when I am in areas or I'm traveling and it's gloomy, I do feel a little bit lower than I feel when it's sunny out. So I think seasonal depression is is something that's like people should take seriously. And I just think there's so many ways to make it be so much better if you're strategic about how you wake up and you go to bed. As far as supplementation, vitamin C, vitamin D, vitamin E, supplements are absolutely amazing, especially vitamin D. If you are living in gloomy areas, make sure you're getting your levels checked. I just had blood work done and was really able to see what I was low in. I know that if you feel inflamed, you need to up your omega-3s. That is something I found out. I've been taking like a black sesame seed oil too for inflammation. I'm all about the supplements. Just make sure they're the right ones. What hobbies do you have? It's interesting. When I first started building my business, when I was like 22 years old, it was like work, build, work, build work, build. There was no room for anything else. I was in it. I was balls deep in my business. And then when I was not working on my business, my energy was completely put towards bartending. That's what I was doing at the time and going to school. So it's like I had to reserve my energy for all these things that I was doing. And I knew that I needed to save the most energy for my business. And that that is how I built the Skinny Confidential by making sure that I had the capacity to have all that energy to push the boulder up the hill towards the brand. And as I've evolved and I've gotten married and I've had kids and we've moved to Austin and we've, you know, really changed our lifestyle drastically, I have been so interested in adding things that enhance my day and my life. And what I mean by that is I have hobbies that I do on a micro level and I have hobbies that I do on a macro level. And This is something that I wanted to sort of like do what Robert Greene says in Mastery, which is to look back on my childhood and look what brought me happiness when I was little. And that's what I've done as an adult. I've wrote down the things that I liked to do when I was little, and I've pulled them through to being an adult. And just to give you a little example, Michael was someone when we were little who had a lot of time being alone and being cerebral. Things that he liked to do when he was young was build Legos. He liked to do puzzles. He liked to be in his own space. He liked to read. And lately, when it's time to give him a gift, I give him like, Carson, you'll love this, Star Wars Legos. (laughs) Keeps him distracted for like two days. He can think he has thinking time. It's actually like very, very purposeful time because he's able to just build and think. And I noticed that he's really drawn towards it because it's something he's always really loved. He also loves video games. You know what I mean? He loved to do these things when he was little. And I think weaving those things through into adulthood is really powerful. So my hobbies. On a micro basis, I my number one hobby by far is reading. 
I love reading. I don't think it's some people, you know, think it's a chore. They don't like it. I will read until I'm dead. It's lit- it's something I have to do every day. I enjoy it. I enjoy finding like treasures of books, books that are from old Hollywood or books that are from the library. Like I love getting my hands into books that maybe aren't that popular. I love going on thrift books. I love looking in bookstores. I just like love books. And I think this goes back to when I was really little. My mom was always reading. She always had a book in her hand. And she loved biographies. And I just remember always observing her reading. And I think that was really important to to see my mom reading all the time. And now, even when I'm reading my Kindle, I try to tell my daughter, like, this is mommy's book because I don't want her to think like I'm on my phone or my computer. I want her to know I'm reading so she can see that example. As I've gotten older, I'm reading more wide. I think when I was younger, I read more narrow. But I do remember being like six years old and my mom being like, you have to go outside. You've been reading for five hours. And I was reading like Matilda and the witches. And she was like, you have to go outside. Like you (laughs) you have to go play. So reading has always been something I just really like. So that's my first hobby. Another hobby that I have found I absolutely love is Pilates. And the kind of Pilates I like are classical Pilates. I find it's a time for me to go get clarity. I can like think. And I also like the way my body feels when I do Pilates and after I do Pilates. I think it's really, really insane for posture. I think it's really great for like pulling the core in. And I think it's incredible with weightlifting. I think the two together are so synergistic. I have just taken up classical Pilates one to two days a week, and I'm just loving it. I like a small studio with soft music. I am very thoughtful about the environment that I put myself in when I'm not working. I want it to be calm. So when, if you are going to do Pilates and you want to try classical, I would really like look, almost like interview the space that you're going to because you want like the right teacher. You want the right flow. And you don't want like, well, for me, I don't want like loud pounding music or someone screaming at me. Classical Pilates to me, I want it to be as close to Joseph Pilates method as possible. That's just something that I've taken up as a hobby. I've always loved Pilates, but I took it really seriously starting this year. So that's another hobby. A macro hobby that I love is tennis. I used to play tennis all the time when I was a little girl. I stopped playing throughout my 20s and I've picked it up again. And it's been so fun to be able to travel with my husband and take private lessons or play together with like a group. It's just, I think it's fun. It's active. There's something about it that feels very natural to me. My dad is a huge tennis player. He's always loved tennis. And so again, this goes back to weaving your childhood through to adulthood. I also, again, think it's really great for my kids to watch their parents play tennis. Weightlifting is another hobby. I look at weightlifting as a hobby because I really enjoy it. And it's something I do on a macro level. I probably do it four to five days a week. And it's changed my life. It's changed my confidence. It's changed my body composition. I think it has such bad PR. Like, I don't know what's going on with weightlifting for women, but it needs a redo. But what I can tell you is this. The other day I put on my pants from high school and they slip right on. So it's not like necessarily just about the scale. It's about the way your clothes fit. 
And I hope that I can be a voice for women to dip their toe into weightlifting because I'm lifting heavy and it doesn't have to be like this bulking up situation. Like I think that it it gets very, the messaging of weightlifting for women gets very confusing. It has absolutely changed my life though. I have lost 60 pounds weightlifting. I will never not weightlift. My skin is tighter to my body. I would also attribute that to creatine and eating more protein. And I just feel better. So weightlifting is a hobby. Scrapbooking. I have been scrapbooking since I was a little girl. I stopped doing it and I just started up again. I'm doing it with my daughter. So when we have time together, we can pull out our scrapbooks. We got like all the cute stuff off Amazon. We got boxes. We got our photos. We have gems. We have sparkles. We have letters. We have Polaroids. Scrapbooking is such a creative outlet and it's so much fun. And then another hobby is skin. You guys know this skin, interviewing people, writing on the blog writing in general, authoring more books. I think those are more micro hobbies. But I think as you get older, I think hobbies are more important because they really allow you to sort of step out from the crowd and figure out what you actually like without everyone telling you what you like. Those are my hobbies. What do you turn to to center yourself? I turn to meditation hands down. I love Joe Dispenza's 24-minute meditation. I love Melissa Wood's walking meditation and her legs up on the wall. I love space. I need a lot of space to show up with my work and as a mother and as a wife. I need space. Like I just, and whatever space looks like, it's interpretive, but I need space to be introspective. And so whether that's space while I'm walking, space while I'm meditating, space when I'm thinking, space when I'm journaling outside. I am a person to recharge. I need to like be quiet. Another thing I notice that I do is I clean. And while I'm cleaning, I'm thinking. So I love organizing, cleaning, having things streamlined so it doesn't feel overwhelming. So like my closet, I want to be a certain way. I just like order When it comes to everything in my house, Ellen and Katie, my assistants, probably would call it psycho. But I think having order and being able to organize and clean, a part of it has to do with just having space to think. So that is how I recharge. And then if I'm going to be out, I like to be out with really good friends. I don't like to waste my time with what's it called, Carson Fairweather friends. I don't I don't like that. I like to be around people who I like to be around. I don't like to waste my time. I like to have a great steak, maybe a skinny margarita, maybe some mushrooms sauteed. But yeah, I don't like I don't want to do fair weather friends. I don't want to do that. That's a waste of time. And then a mom time. I love, love, love mom time. And it's really hard to balance everything. But just being with my kids and and trying to put my phone away really makes me feel recharged and fresh unless they're having a tantrum, which is the opposite, or unless they're screaming because they want cheesecake like this morning. (laughs) What facial procedures do you still do? I have to tell you, I am not that into filler. I think that it's been so abused and it's made people look older than they are because of the abuse. I think filler was created to slightly enhance certain things. 
And I think in our culture, we have abused it and we have put too much in our face. So filler to me is to be used sparingly by the right doctor who's the right artist with the right eye. Like a lot of things have to line up for me to even consider filler. I don't like filler underneath the eye. I think it squishes the eye up and makes the eye look smaller. I don't really like filler in the cheeks unless it's done by someone who's absolutely amazing. I think filler in the temple can be nice if you don't abuse it. And I don't love filler in the jaw and the chin because I feel like it brings the eye down. The place that I do filler and the place that I like filler is the lips, but I do not like a lot of it. And this is really important because there's so many people that use way too much filler and it looks like Marge Simpson and their lip is so heavy that it's covering their teeth. And one sign of youth is to show teeth. So when you're doing such a heavy over like a heavy overfilled lip over your teeth, it's covering your teeth, which is not youthful. So I don't like a ton of filler in the lips. I like a little bit. I go to Dr. Dennis Gross in New York City or Dr. Jason Diamond in LA. Both are amazing, amazing doctors. And they have an eye and they remind me of like the way they look at you is just like they're sculpting and they see your face as an individual as opposed to, oh, I'm going to fill this person the same as I'm going to fill that person. Everyone has different face shapes. To sculpt the jawline, I would recommend mouth taping. Like I've been doing it every single night for 10 months. It's absolutely changed my life. So much so that we launched Skinny Confidential Mouth Tape. I realized that it wasn't just about snoring and cavities and bad breath to tape your mouth shut, but it's also about holding your tongue up to the roof of your mouth while you sleep so you get that sculpted jawline and supporting the jaw and strengthening the jaw. I think that filler is the new tanning bed. I'm telling you, in the next five to 10 years, I think people are going to be pushing back against filler and you're going to see a lot of people getting it dissolved. So I am not a big filler fan. If I'm going to do filler, which I do probably every, I don't know, eight months, a little bit in the lips, that's it for me. I do like Botox, but I don't want my whole face Botoxed. I like above my eyebrow and in between my brow, which is where like little wrinkles and fine lines tend to show up for me. I, I like the one that gives you like the ponytail lift. They put it on the top. So you can, if I'm talking on, I'm talking on YouTube. So you guys can go watch YouTube of where I'm talking about, but they put filler like right where your hairline meets your forehead. And it gives you like this really nice flattering open eyed lift. Yeah. Those, those are the two like procedures that I like. I also am going to say it till I'm blue in the face. I don't care if this sounds repetitive. Facial massage and lymphatic drainage all the fucking time. I have lifted my eyebrows so high to the sky with facial massage. I'm constantly doing facial manipulation, whether it's with the ice roller or the pink balls or my hands. I get in there and I sculpt my face. I think it's so fucking wild that people work out their body every single day and they never touch their face. Your face has muscle in it. I work out my face every single day, whether it's getting a facial or using tools or using my hands. Even when I apply my skincare, I'm getting in there and lifting my face. I always open like my clavicle bones so the, so the lymph can drain. 
And there's so many tutorials on YouTube about how to lift the face. Like you can really seriously give yourself a natural facelift between mouth taping that, a little bit of filler in the lips, Botox in, for me, the forehead between the eyes and like by the hairline. I also love IPL. Big fan of that. IPL is not for everyone. It's for certain skin types. So do your research. Don't just get it because you heard it here. I go to my facialist, Stacey Christie in San Diego. You can contact her. She does virtual consultations. And IPL really was what she thinks is the best for me. I do it on my chest, my face, my hands. And then I recently have gotten really into this. Carson, wait for it. A salmon semen facial. I've been doing this with a Korean facialist. She does microneedling, which is fucking amazing. If you haven't tried microneedling, it's so good. And then she infuses it with a salmon semen. Go Google the benefits. And it makes your skin glow like no other. So those are my like facial procedures. I do think less is more and we're getting a little alien-like if we keep on with the filler. Last question. What have you told yourself when you've been at some of your lowest points, especially pre-motherhood? This is a great question. I've been low, just like everyone's been low. I've been low pre-motherhood. I've been low post-motherhood. It hasn't been to a point where I feel like I could say I had mental health issues, but there's days that I wake up that, you know, you don't always feel consistently the same. I've realized with age and evolution and like I said through marriage that the way you talk to yourself is creating your future and when I wake up if I'm thinking low I immediately catch myself and change the narrative and this goes back to being introspective I am constantly monitoring the way I think and I think some people walk around in a cloud and they're not actually monitoring the way they're talking to themselves. And I think sometimes people are so, a lot of us, I mean, everyone is so critical in our head and it comes out through our body, through our choices, and it comes out in our future. So what I've realized is every single morning I need to check myself with my thoughts. So let's say I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I have so much to do today. Fuck, I have two podcasts. I have 20 conference calls. Oh my God, I have to get Zaza to school. How am I going to do all this? Oh my gosh, I have a call with this person. I don't like this person. I I immediately will be like, nope, 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 nope. We're not doing this. We're not doing this. We are not doing this. And I will reframe everything. I get to podcast today with amazing guests. The calls that I have today are all moving the needle towards my business growing. I get to take my gorgeous, stunning daughter to school and we get to listen to Coco Melon in the car and she's so sweet and cute and this is such a special time and I completely flip the way I think. And the only reason I can do that is because I am so self-aware of my thoughts and how I've learned to do that is through a lot of meditation, a lot of silence, a lot of walks and Louise Hay. Louise Hay has been absolutely incredible. I always talk about her. She wrote a book called You Can Heal Your Life. And it's all about the way you talk to yourself. And if you're not talking to yourself in the highest regard, talking about how fucking great you are and how you're the best thing to ever happen and you are going to crush it today, who else is? And that's what I would ask. Who else is going to talk to you? Like, no one's going to tell you, like, you're doing amazing every single day. 
I constantly tell myself, I can do this. I'm doing amazing. I am so disciplined. I'm so strong. I'm a great mother. Any negative thought I have, I flip it. And I really am like my own cheerleader. And I think if you can monitor your thoughts every single day and be so hyper aware of them that you're actually able to mold the way you think, that it will show up months, years down the line. And I remember, you know, being 21 years old, bartending, thinking in my head as I was bartending, I'm going to be one of the biggest bloggers in the world. I am going to create valuable content for a community. And I'm going to make sure that they take some kind of value with every piece of content that I have. And I am going to really zone in on branding. And I'm just going to create this whole mothership of a brand that helps people be the best version of themselves. And I would tell myself that over and over and over and over again. And listen, I have a lot of work to do with my business. We're still growing. It's always a work in progress. But I think when you show up for yourself like that every single day in your head, it seeps out into your life. So the next time you wake up, I'm fat. I look ugly. Change it. Flip it. Nope. Put put me on. Flip it. Flip the narrative. That's victim mentality. That's criticizing yourself. It doesn't help. You have to love yourself. You have to monitor your thoughts. And you have to really, like I said, be your own cheerleader. That was Ask Me Anything. If you guys like this, I will do a follow-up to this. I love answering your questions. Let me know on my latest post what your next question is at Lauren Bostick. And you can use code DRYBRUSH for 15% off the site Shop Skinny Confidential through the end of the weekend. If you haven't gotten the dry brush, (laughs) so good. It is my absolute favorite tool right now. Really wakes you up. Thank you guys for your questions. I will see you on Monday with a very fun guest. Two things before you go. You can watch us now on YouTube. So you can go on YouTube, search The Skinny Confidential, and watch our entire episodes on your computer or TV. Also, you should know Michael and I are doing a him and her newsletter. So basically, it's a him and her tip of the day, five days a week. And the tips are very specific, as you can imagine. And then we also have a monthly favorites. So basically, we collect all our monthly favorites, everything we've bought and used and tried and put it in one monthly newsletter for you. To sign up for that, go to shopskinnyconfidential.com and sign up for the newsletter. Thank you so much for listening and we'll see you next time. 